Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. Why does Jesus begin the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes? Are the Beatitudes works we should try to perform, or something different? How do the blessings that Jesus offers in the Beatitudes differ from the blessings of the world? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. The Sermon on the Mount begins with the Beatitudes, eight sayings, eight sentences of wisdom poetry meant to describe the life and heart of the Christian. In giving these statements, Jesus stands within the great tradition of biblical wisdom in the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms and Proverbs. Throughout these books, there are sentences that are structured identically to the Beatitudes. These Beatitude sentences contain two parts. First, they begin with a pronouncement of God's blessing on people who possess certain qualities. Then, in the second part of the saying, they describe the specific blessings that such a person will receive from God. For instance, Psalm 41 verse 1 says, Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. Such statements are littered throughout the Psalms. In fact, the first Psalm, Psalm 1, can even be conceived as one long beatitude. It begins by, declaring that those who do not walk in the way of the wicked are blessed by God. And then it goes on to describe the benefits that such persons receive from God. When Jesus climbs the mountain and begins to give his great sermon, he begins by giving eight of these wise sentences. But why does Jesus give these eight specific beatitudes? And why does he give them at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount? He does so for three reasons. First, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes in order to give us a description, a picture of a holy and saintly person. Jesus is revealing to us the character of the Christian and the kinds of blessings that such people receive. A common misunderstanding about the Beatitudes is that they are a kind of to-do list. So, if I work at being meek, God will reward me with an inheritance of the earth. Or if I mourn just a little harder, God will comfort me. But the Beatitudes are not primarily a set of commands and exhortations, but instead are a set of declarations and descriptions. In each Beatitude, Jesus describes the character of one who is fully committed to God, and then declares that such persons are in fact blessed by God. Wisdom, virtue, and character are not things that we can gain by checking off a task list. Instead, they are forged through years of faithfulness to God and decades of obedience to God's teachings. Suppose someone had never heard the word athlete before and asked you what an athlete was. You'd probably describe the qualities and character of an ideal athlete. 
You would describe a person who is disciplined and competitive, one who eats well and plays by the rules. You might also describe some of the blessings of this kind of athlete. They are people who are healthy and in shape and who typically live long lives. Similarly, Jesus is here describing the qualities and character of an ideal, holy Christian. Christians are people who are meek and humble. They are people who mourn and make peace. They have developed these virtues through a life of faithful obedience. Jesus then describes the blessings that such persons receive. They receive heaven and earth in a vision of God. While the Beatitudes are not meant to be a kind of to-do list, they are meant to inspire us to continue to grow in Christian virtue. This picture of a blessed Christian is meant to captivate our imaginations and encourage us to continue to seek after Jesus in all that we do. Love, joy, beauty, and perfection are often better motivators than rules and regulations. No one is inspired to become a musician by reading a book about chords and scales. No one is inspired to play a sport by reading a rule book. Instead, we are inspired when we see brilliant musicians perform and superb athletes play. These virtuosos compel us to put in the hard work to excel ourselves. We can see this clearly when we think of the posters that teenagers put on their walls. The kid who dreams of playing in the World Cup has portraits of famous soccer players. The person who dreams of being an actress dots their walls with movie posters. When I was a teenager, I put pictures of famous jazz musicians up on my walls in order to inspire me to put in the work necessary to become a better musician. Similarly, Jesus gives us in the Beatitudes a picture of a virtuoso uh, or virtuous Christian, so that we too might be inspired to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to grow in our relationship with Christ. We are supposed to visualize Christians that possess these qualities, to hang up their pictures in our minds, so that we might be spurred to continue to love God with all of our heart. Now, in addition to being a description of a blessed Christian, the Beatitudes also serve as a kind of summary of the entire Sermon on the Mount. While Jesus begins by declaring Christians as blessed and describing their character, he continues by showing how people ought to live if they exude these Beatitudes. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount unpacks the kind of behaviors, actions, and attitudes of those who are blessed by God. The Sermon on the Mount can be seen as the pathway to blessedness. Jesus spells out what faithfulness looks like in every aspect of our lives, inviting us to become wise and holy people through a life lived in loving obedience to his teachings. So, for instance, Jesus declares that peacemakers are blessed, and later in the Sermon on the Mount, he states that peacemakers are those that turn the other cheek. Jesus declares in the Beatitudes that those who are pure in spirit are blessed. Then later in the Sermon on the Mount, he shows us that those who wish to be pure in spirit ought to flee from lust and hatred. Jesus declares that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed. And later in the Sermon on the Mount, he gives instructions on how to fast righteously. As one continues to go through the Sermon on the Mount, one will see similar connections between Jesus' teachings and the Beatitudes. 
Now, finally, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes in order to turn our world upside down. Jesus is telling us that life in God's kingdom is unlike life in the kingdom of man. The things that are valued by the world, the characteristics that bring to one success in the world, are not valued by God. Jesus does not say that the cunning are blessed. He does not declare that God is happy with the rich and the powerful. Instead, Jesus declares that those who are poor in the world are blessed by God. In fact, the Beatitudes are terrible advice if someone wants to be blessed by the world. It's terrible advice for those who wish to become rich, famous, and powerful. In the world, the meek are trampled on, the peacemakers are mocked, and the prideful obtain glory. However, Jesus here declares that no matter how much Christians fail by the world's standards, they are blessed by God's standards, and their rewards far surpass any fleeting wealth or glory, for the blessings of the Christian are eternal. The Beatitudes thus invite us to live in the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of man. God's kingdom has virtues and values that differ from the world, and they also have different rewards. You will notice as you read through the Beatitudes that the rewards Jesus gives are heavenly and eternal. Jesus does not promise present wealth and success, but future eternal comfort and joy. Those who are willing to believe and trust in Jesus may wind up losing the blessings of the world, but they are promised in the Beatitudes that they will gain the eternal blessings of heaven. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us. This will go a long way in helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod. And if you have a question you'd like answered, please send us an email at thisweBelievePodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.